Uh, today we have a very special guest with us. This guy that's joining the, the pod with me today, he's probably the biggest sports nuffy that I've ever come across, even bigger than me, which is quite saying something. Like he could basically take David Middleton's job and he's also a, a Tigers fan. So point of discussion is terrible Tigers losses that have made them end up in ninth spot. So without any further introduction, James Paulus, welcome to the show. Costa, thanks for having me. Um, unfortunately, there's been plenty of uh, last round losses for the Tigers to get ninth, but you know, here we are. The worst one has got to be the. Um, I'm just going to do it again because I enjoy doing it so much. The worst one's got to be uh, the Adelaide Rams, doesn't it? Oh yeah, that's right up there. Um, I was going to say for me, the last, the worst one would have to be you know in more recent history the. Uh, last round de- demolition by the Raiders uh, at Leichhardt, packed house, win for ninth. I flew back in from Hong Kong to, to get to the game on Father's Day. I'll never forget it. And it was like 56-10 or something. We didn't even look likely. But anyway, there's plenty of... So plenty the of only the only positive factor about that one was that I had Joey Leilua in my team and that was literally the day... That was 2016, right? I'm yeah, that's sure right. That was the day that I won NRL Fantasy. <laughs> and I had... And basically because of J, Joey Leilua. So there was a bit of upside for, for that one yeah, for me. Definitely. But yeah, Adelaide Rams. What was the guy's name that scored um like five tries or something? Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> starting to push it back for me now, but... I try to erase some of those. Apo. Graham Apo. Um, you know, I think they got the spoon that year and they still put 50 on up. We definitely have a knack of playing some teams in the form. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Supercoach. So, like, you've been playing for a long time. Yeah. Back Way back in the day when, you know, early days when we started playing. Are you more of a head-to-head or overall player, do you reckon, these days? Yeah, look, I used to fancy myself for the overall. Uh, it's just, you know, when you're playing in some of the head-to-head comps um, and, you know, over the years the, the prize has got a bit bigger, so I changed my strategy more to head-to-head. I just found it easier to, to plan, um, not having to worry too much in the first couple of weeks and, um, you know, kind of track how everyone else is going. Um, so I probably it's probably less stressful um, and you can, you know, you can play around it. But I just don't think these days I've got the time or the – the stress levels to, to go for the overall like like yourself. Um, but, look, I, I quite enjoy the head-to-head. The comp we play in is is great. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just a little bit less less stressful. So, because I did have a look at your team before we jumped on, and, I mean, it's interesting, let me put it that way. Uh, and I yeah. did wonder whether that was more of a sort of head-to-head setup of looking for sort of, cash generation over points early on yeah look i think when i looked at when i looked at the squads and the players available i just thought some of the the premium guns were just so expensive um and and i know we'll touch on it later on but i just really struggled to find some decent rookies that i think we've benefited from in the last couple of years um so i kind of thought some of these mid-range players uh offered a bit of value and were starting uh i mean we can talk through the team in a bit later i mean couple of things might, you know, I think I feel like I picked the matchups okay, but, I, you know, I think there's a couple of things I regret instantly. But, um, you know, that's the benefit of, of the the price rises. You get a couple of weeks to have a look at, you know, what's happening and who's good and who's bad, uh, particularly, you know, so how some of the teams have come out of preseason. Um, so, look, yes, yeah. I had a horrible week compared to, to most, but, you know, the thought process, I think, was, well, 
it was sound before the first game. <laughs> so I went. I have to say, I went with like a pretty stock standard overall strategy, like mostly guns and and some cheapies in there, and that worked pretty well this this year. Like it seems like a lot of the really high earned guns performed pretty well, like your Teddies and your Clearies and your uh, Pappenhausens and and those sort of guys. Yeah, that's um, right. I think yeah, Tedesco in particular. I mean, you know, not having him, not captaining him, that's like three hundred. 300 odd points straight off the bat that I just left on left in the ether. Um, you know, they won't get to play Manly every week, but they've got, I guess they've got the Tigers this week, but you know, that's, that's a big miss. Yeah. Yeah. Teddy's, you haven't been listening to the pod, mate. <laughs> well, like I was actually spilling, I was, I was actually messaged Polly straight away. I had Daniel Saifidi and, and Kyle Flanagan up until, you know, the tweaks just before the first game brought in. Oh, Adam, and you took them out. Yeah. I brought Adam Reynolds in. I just like South. And what they're going to do this year, um, but you know, everything everything went went to the left edge, unfortunately. Yeah, right. Yeah, so just just touching on Polly, you mentioned him. He had a monster first first week. So yes. I said last. Sorry, I said on Twitter that I was going to um, give the the leader of the uh, searching for Corey Parker unlimited group a shout out um, each week, and this week it's Polly. He he bumped out a. <laughs> He bashed out at fourteen twenty one. Yeah, geez, he's obviously still celebrating. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's he, he, had a monster, he had a monster week, and uh, look, I guess it shows you know like, a lot of thought process going into it, it pays off. Yeah, um, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, he's always he's always you know, you know looks at it. I've always found from a little bit of a different lens, and and you know having having some pods uh, early, you know when they pay off, they separate you from the field. Yeah, yeah. So Paulie and I have actually got pretty similar teams. There's a few little points of difference. Like he's got Jaden Braley, which yeah. was a pretty good pickup, pretty good early pickup, who I'm probably going to pick up this week. Yeah. Um, but apart, and he's got he's actually got Junior Paulo as well. So yeah, I was going to say Junior Paulo was the big shout out last week from you boys. Um, and you know he played you know 59 minutes and and looked pretty good offload for fun. Um, so that's a great. I think that's a great pickup. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, the only reason why I didn't have him in my team is because I thought there were some pretty good other options like TKO, yeah. who, who didn't play many minutes, but I think that was just, just because they were, they were flogging. Of course, um, and his goal kicking. Yeah, but with the goal kicking and he had that little attacking side, he still scored well, and I think he'll be fine. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he gets this week, but I think he'll be all right. Yeah, agreed. Um, so you touched on it just before. Well, actually, so first thing I'm going to ask you is, Trades, how do you, I mean, you're, I guess you're mostly playing head-to-head these days. Do you trade in the first couple of weeks or do you, you try and hold some? Yeah, I think it's very easy to pull the trigger. Um, and when you think about, you know, when you, once you get to the later round, sometimes you regret the trades that you've done early. Um, you know, some people, got, they just had a, like round one, the prices roll out very quickly and they could have just had a very easy, you know, teams could have had a very easy game to start with. So I really look at, Try and remember why I picked the team that I picked, um, and just maybe you know trust the process. I guess so. I'll trade if there's an obvious cheapie in particular. Um, like when I look at my team now, obviously I got like nine thirty three, so that was horrific. Um, but I think you know if you've had if you've got a premium gun with a lot of money that's underperformed, you might look at Tamalolo this week, for example, with, with everything that's happened in the press. You might look to trade those out. So I think unless you're going to leak a heap of cash. Uh, or there's a, a real obvious cheapie, um, I try to save them where I can. Yeah, yeah, I sort of agree with that to a certain extent. Like, 
I suppose round one is the first lot of information that we get, right? Like we've got infinitely more information that we had when we picked our teams before round one. Yeah. Um, but we still don't have that much information and some of it can be kind of a red herring. Like some guys got more minutes than, they, than they're going to get because there was an injury or, or a HIA or something something odd like that happened. So you're not yeah. 100% sure yet. So it can be worth just waiting to, to round two to see if it's more of a trend or if it's um, or if it was just a one-off. But at the same time, you do have those kind of two weeks to kind of fix up your team if you if you did think you made some er- you made some errors, and I think it's worth doing that if you if you really think you need to. Yeah, I, I think that's that hits the nail on the head. I think you know if you look at some of the games, obviously round one there's there's, there's fitness issues. They had some quarter time breaks. There was a heap of drop ball across the games. Um, you know, you look at the Brisbane Para game. Uh, you know, Brisbane had one player on the bench by the end. So that kind of distorts not only Paris' performance, but also the minutes that all the Broncos forwards got. Uh, you know, someone like Ben Teo played probably way more minutes than he otherwise would uh, and out wide. So I think you've got to try and take a step back, think about why you chose your team to begin with, and then, you know, have a feel for, you know, the small sample size. Yeah. So, all right. So the next thing I want to talk about is a lot of people went the cheap centres route. Uh, I think probably because it's worked so often in the past. And, and you know, it is early days. As we said, it's only round one. So, you know, time will tell how that works out long term. But pretty much all of them in that 200 to 350K range failed or, or didn't <laughs> score particularly well. So, like, re, like popular ones like Remus Smith, Jake Avarillo, David Fustua, uh, James Roberts, Pretty much all of them scored pretty badly. And even our cheapies, like, you know, Bailey Simonson, Tessie New, um, yeah. Jason Saab was awful. They're all, they all battled. And I think a lot of people, like, basically the difference between some of the big scores this week and some of the, the, the pretty bad scores were people who just went really cheap in the centres and tried to load up elsewhere. So yeah. I'm feeling, like, a little bit validated, I suppose, because I've been sort of cautious of the just go cheap in the center strategy because you can for a long time thinking that i think we've been a bit spoiled yeah, in that definitely. position you know we've had guys like britain akora who was like an 80 minute back rower and you know make a sebo and ruben garrick and all these kind of guys that like were bottom dollar and just performed amazingly like almost keeper level yeah and people just then have assumed we're going cheap in the in the center wing if they're available, is the best thing to do when it really just depends on who's there and, like, if they're actually good search players or not. That's right. And I think, you know, in the past there's always been one or two. I mean, Brenton Okoro uh, was, a, was a great uh, shout there. You know, you get a couple of second rowers that, that start and they just, you know, pump out 50. Um, and if they get the attacking stats, you're laughing. They're just not there this year, maybe capable, but obviously he's... Um, not a cheapie. I mean, I agree with you. I went for, I think I've got five players between 200 and 330 in the backs. And besides Dane Laurie, he's probably the standout of, yeah, those, of that range. And he looked really good, um, you know, in a well-beaten side, showed a lot with the ball, you know, threw a couple of grubbers, grubbers in. So, you know, if he gets some early ball, he'll be pretty dangerous. And he, he looked pretty confident. So I think he, I think the number one spot's his. Um, but yeah, I had Simonson. I mean, you know, maybe... He's real cheap, so that's probably fine. But Fusatua, I got, you know, probably a bit excited with. And, you know, Sean Johnson's not there anymore, throwing the cutouts to his wing. So, you know, and I, but I think Avarillo is probably the biggest concern. I think that's that's the big area. So the cheapy strategy is, 
is something that, uh, you know, probably will separate a lot of players this year because you have to think a little bit outside the box. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the guys that did start with the cheapy strategies, strategy, like what they do, whether they kind of stick with it or they try and trade up a few. Yeah, because a, a unless few of them. you're taking some, you know, non-playing to just free up cash, you, you know, you, then you're not generating the cash and, and, and generating that extra you know, the funds on the side to, to upgrade when, when players have a bad game um, or, you know, HIA, you know, that's really important, um, you know, managing your salary cap. So, yeah, I think... It's going to be interesting to see see how it unfolds. So I think, like, one thing I'm actually quite worried about this year is is making cash, because yeah. I'm not confident that many of those cheapies we just named, like I've got Simonson, Tessie New, and um, and Jason Saab as my like non-playing centers, and like I'm just not confident they're going to make a whole lot of money. I've got. Yeah. I've got, actually got three NPRs altogether now because I stupidly traded out Ryan James like on Sunday <laughs> afternoon. I just don't want to talk about that. But anyway, yeah, I only I had two, and then I, I thought, oh, he's going to get dropped in round three anyway. I'll free up some money, so I only have to make one trade next week instead of yeah having to make two. And now it's just a disaster. But anyway, so so I'm actually quite worried about making money because you know apart from Ryan James and maybe Fuimono and most people have um Stefano and and Spencer yeah. Linu in the in the backup prop area. Um, obviously, Jacob Little is going to make some money, but Stefano is questionable. All those centers I mentioned are questionable. There's not much at halfback, or nothing at halfback really, apart from like the kind of 450k guys. Yeah. So where are we going to make our money that's going to allow for those upgrades? I think, I think it's probably the hardest year in terms of those obvious money makers. Um, yeah. Like they might turn up. So there's a, there's a couple kind of this week in the – probably more like the 300k range that have been named that we'll talk about later that might make a bit of money but then you've got to figure out how to get those guys in like do you, do you trade down a yeah you know more expensive guy and trade one of your like really cheap guys up to up to one of them yeah it's really tricky like i think just having to managing maybe i mean injuries will make a big difference they're always going to happen so cheapies will always appear there's always someone who comes that you jump on and they'll make make you some money I think the other thing you're just going to have to monitor is maybe the draw. And, you know, you look at the Roosters who are flying, they get soused in two weeks. Maybe someone like Brett Morris has a bad game, you know, gets a a massive break even and you can try and, you know, buy low on some better players. Um, Yeah. And I think it's trying to manage, maybe just trying to get a bargain there if if that happens. But again, that's dangerous as well because you're you're not really planning, you're just hoping. Um, But you're right. I think trying to find some players who are undervalued and and pumping out points that maybe the guns are earning, uh, you know, are getting, um, but that's tricky as well. But I think sometimes when you pick your your premiums, you know, they're knocking out the sixties and seventies. Uh, that's good, but you know, sometimes some of these cheaper options will do the same. So that's that's really interesting, right? Because like, I'm, I'm obviously going to give it another week, but out of all the expensive guys, the one guy I've got who I'm like not super sure about is Ryan Madison. Yeah, like he's still pumped out. Like after updates, he pumped out like mid sixties, which yeah. is fine if that's going to be his base. Like that's absolutely fine. But then you then you start looking around and you're like, oh well, if I, if it's going to be hard to make money, and I can like get in a Jai Arrow who's going to score, you know, maybe as well as that. Now we'll see what Jai Arrow scores this week and what his what his minutes look like, but something like that, and mm. I can save two hundred k there and then like trade up one of my shit NPRs into a. You know, one of these like Keon Coleman Tungies or something. Yeah, that's right. 
and I think, you know, that, I mean, Arrow looked really good coming off the bench. He was in everything. Uh, he came on relatively early-ish, it felt like, and just taking hit-ups for fun, obviously trying to impress the new coach um, at, at South there. But, yeah, I think I think that's the way to look at it. Like, I mean, geez, Madison getting what he did, I don't appreciate he got as many as that. You know, he, he did not play well. Uh, he made a lot of errors. Um, they didn't really hit him that much. But, you know, if he's, if he's getting that on a bad game, then, you know, maybe that's... Yeah, maybe, maybe that's, that's fine, okay. maybe, right? maybe you're finding something that's not there. You know, he'll he'll get a lot of attacking stats. He kind of combines well with Moses. He's got the offload. He hits a good hole. Um, I don't think his minutes are safe. Uh, and they tend, they generally play very well at home. But you're right, you know, looking at some of the other players, like I think one of the biggest issues I had, and, you know, it's probably rookie um, around it, was after I picked my team, I didn't really even have an obvious captain option. So that's a, that's a lesson learned. Yeah, and that's... Like one of the things that I always talk about when picking a team is make sure you pick an obvious captain option. Because yeah. like a guy like Tedesco, like yes, he's very expensive, and who knows if he's gonna you know meet his ninety five average or whatever it is. Yeah. But you get you're getting the score twice if you're captaining him every every week, and he's only priced at that score once. Yeah. So in some ways, like he's sort of undervalued if you think about it that way. Yeah, smart. Hey, did you you straight captain him? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's. Good. I mean, yeah. It's, I think with the way the rules have changed as well, like some of the scoring towards the fullbacks in particular. Uh, I mean, there was a, you know there was a, a bounty of options at fullback. Um, but so I had a look. At, I had a look at this today actually, and like, so eight fullbacks, like the top eight fullbacks, the lost the lowest score was something like sixty four. Yeah. When I said top eight, like. The eight best performing full, fullbacks of the week, yeah. and the out of the six best scores of the week, three of them were fullbacks, and yeah. and those three were all tons. Well, um, that's right. I had Peppenhausen, so you know, after Thursday night, I was stoked. He he's goal kicking. He looked electric. You know, South's a great opponent. But I took yeah. Brims. I took Brimson as well, just because of the way he finished last year. Thought the Titans would be better than they would be. Um, you know, again, I think it's similar to Madison. He got sixty four. Didn't really they didn't really play well. So I'll, I'll hold for now. Um, but you know, there were so many options there. I thought, you know what, maybe what we just talked about, I guess maybe that's the risk. I try to sh- sh- um, shave some cash by going under a premium. Um, in this case, it burnt me. So that's, the, I guess that's the risk. So it's not as safe as what we've been used to where we've had the, you know, as you said, the, the luck of so many cheap options. Yeah. And in the case of the fullbacks and like some of those really good playmakers, like neck and clearies and whatnot, yeah. the new rules do seem like, like, Maybe it's the new rules. Maybe it's just that we've got like four or five very good teams and, you know, 13 or 14 kind of average ones. But it does seem like a lot of teams are going to get flogged yeah. by the good teams. And like, and it's the fullbacks and the halves that take advantage of that. Like, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, Payne Haas or whatever, or like some 80 minute kind of middle forward was the best player in the game. And now it's all fullbacks. That's right. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, the... you just got to load up in that position. But like, as you say, Brimson. I mean, they scored six points on the weekend. On the weekend, and he still scored sixty odd. Yeah. So if they can put it together, he could be a good option. It's just, it's just that there's so many good options there, and I do feel like Tedesco, Pappenhausen, and Mitchell are probably like a fair bit above the others. Yeah, that's but right. But it's early days. And look, I think you know, the I read an article today of Roy Masters talking about you know the disparity in the competition, and I thought at the beginning of the year might have been closer. Um, but it looked like, you know, after round one, there's probably four or five teams who I think, you know, kind of clear standouts and what we saw being, you know, Storm Bunnies, Roosters, uh, Canberra 
and Penrith. Uh, so I think, you know, if you've got a lot of those players, you're probably laughing. Although in saying that, I had Stephen Crichton and Charlie and Staines. But I think, you know, they just didn't get the ball. They went the other sides. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my entire backline is basically just Panthers. <laughs> I was saying to someone, I've like, I've got the whole set and I'm like hoping they turn into Voltron. <laughs> but maybe yeah. showing my age there a little bit. Um, yeah, because I've got, I've got Cleary, Luai, To'o, Staines, and now Capewell as well. So I've got five Panthers in the back line. Yeah, I think I, you know, I thought maybe Staines was going to play on the, on the Mansour wing, but um, To'o switched to the left and, um, you know, they, they kind of went that way a bit. But yeah, like, I, I found the same at the beginning. I almost, it was like doing, you know, the exams back in the day where you, the multiple choice where you, you get C four times and you're like, that can't be right. So I've got to change it. <laughs> that's kind of what I had. I had, I had, I had Capewell, Crichton, Staines, and I, and I just thought to myself, that's just spreading it too thin. So I moved Capewell up to the second row. But, you know, I brought, you know, anyway, I just, they looked good. They're, you know, they're bouncing so, back from last year. I mean, I've talked about this before on this, on this podcast, but people seem to have this aversion to picking particularly too many backs from the same team. Mm. I'm never really... Like particularly if you're an overall player, if you're a head-to-head player, I sort of get it. But if you're an overall player, I've never had, I've never really been able to kind of objectively spell out why that's a bad thing. Like if mm. you pick one of the best teams in the comp that has a great run, pick the whole team. Like, yeah, um, like well, I'm comfortable picking like having their entire backline because I just think they're going to be great. And you, you know, attacking stats are worth so much compared yeah. to you know, hit ups and tackles that it makes sense. You know, yeah. there's some, some players who, you know, may not do that much on the field, but, you know, a couple of, couple of line breaks, try, try assists, you know, they're, they're outscoring the forward who's made 50 tackles. So, definitely. So, so speaking of one of those guys, Charlie Staines, <laughs> what, what are you going to do with him? Well, they've got Newcastle. Uh, who have they got this for? They've got the Bulldogs. Oh, they've got the Bulldogs. So, I, you know, I'll just – that was kind of part of the process when I picked him. Um, you know, noted try score. I thought he was going to – you know, the Penrith wingers seem to, to relish the opportunity. So I think that's an example of just waiting. Um, I, I'm more concerned about, say, an Avarillo, uh, yeah, based on what I saw. So, I, th- you know, I think I'll hold. Um, I didn't get a good look of the Panthers-Cowboys game, um, but, you know, they were pretty pretty clinical in the highlights. Um, so so, I think, so yeah. they, they were good, but, like, just a tiny bit clunky. So they could yeah. have easily scored like another twenty points, but just couldn't quite make it happen, particularly on the right hand edge. So and, and Momorovsky does actually look like the kind of player that's gonna set up stands a bit. So I'm I'm totally with you. Like I, I think he's a hold at least for this week. The Bulldogs look pretty weak in defence. Um the only problem with that is that um it's gonna be pissing down everywhere this weekend. Have you looked at the weather? <laughs> well that's and that's the other that's the other thing, right? So you can when, when thinking about your trades, you know, if you're going to bring in someone because they've had a good week last week, well, you know, the weather might come into it and you might be cursing yourself for burning a trade. So, yeah, um, you know, that, that's something else to, cons- to consider there. I mean, I think Newcastle scored a couple out on that right right side. So I think Staines will be all right. But, yeah, a, a bit of a concern if, if the weather's... Uh, yeah, if it's as bad as it's looking. Factor. Just, just. I mean, look, I'm not going to trade him based on the weather, but like, that's the second of his like two pretty good matchups, and then he has a harder game the week after. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I was hoping he'd score a bag of tries. 
Yeah. Um, well, playing, oh, sorry, I was going to say, they're playing at Bank West. I mean, that's a great ground. Drainage would be good. I'd be a bit more concerned if they were playing Manly at Lotterland or something like that, where it's going to be, you know, some sort of uh, bog. Yeah, bog. Yeah. That's a good point. There we go. Inside knowledge of the drainage systems at the various grounds. It pays for itself. <laughs> um, yeah, so I agree. I'm going to hold him. I'm going to hold him for at least one more week and then reevaluate. But um, look, I think you're going to score a lot of tries on that wing. I get that his base is low, but. You know, most wings are, as we've seen. So, yeah, I think it's worth a little bit of patience on him. But who knows? Particularly in the wet, he might he might throw up another fifteen on the weekend. Yeah, that's right. All right. Should we just quickly uh, have a look at the team lists and see kind of if there's anything particularly that jumps out at you? Um, let's start with the Eels Storm game. The Eels team list looks pretty much the same. The one difference is that uh, New Quarry is in. At 17. Yeah. Um, what I would mention about that is I, I would be big weight on Babali'i mm. just to see what um, New Corey does with minutes. I think he might take some of the minutes that Papali'i got, got last week. Big fan of Papali'i last week, but you're right. Like, that's that's the perfect example of just the sample size. You know, he's... I couldn't almost believe it was him I, in terms of, you know, what I'd seen previously at the Warriors. Uh, so, you know, he had a blinder. I mean, he, he made... He took so many hit-ups, made metres upon metres. But that's a good point. You know, maybe that's just the wait and see. That's the benefit of having the the second week to for the price rises. Um, I think this is a big test for, for the Eels. Storm will look really good, uh, even without, with some key injuries out. So there'll be a big crowd there, I think, at Bank West. But um, this, will be a, this will be a good game. Yeah, I agree. We touched on Paul already. I mean, like, I think he's a great buy if you can get him in somehow. I think he's going to be one of those guys that stays a bit of a pod because, like, you'd have to trade out one of your guns to get him. And which, like, maybe if you've got Tamalolo, I can understand you could, and you've got the right um, jewels, yeah. you could you could trade Tamalolo for Paulo. But otherwise, I don't really see how you'd get Paulo in. Yeah. So for those that have got him, he could stay a pod for a long time. So well done, those that got him in. I'd love to have him, but I can't find a way to get him without trading like a Madison out, which seems crazy. Yeah, that's right. He played big minutes too, like you guys called last week. You know, I think he had just under 60. Um, you know, again, maybe watch for the near chorus see if that impacts him at all. But, you know, he's – I thought he might be a bit slow to start the season, but he, he was uh, he was great. Still only three forwards on the bench for the, for the Eels as well, mm. which is probably good for him. Last year they were playing four forwards almost all the time. So, Bill Smith still there. Yeah. Uh, what about the Storm? I mean, it's basically the same team, right? Yeah, I think, you know, when I look at it, I touched on it before, Pappenhausen was uh, was great. Um, but, yeah, they just seem like the storm of old. Doesn't matter who plays for them, well-coached, well-drilled, just, you know, wear down the opposition, started on fire. But, yeah, look, I, even though some of those guys coming off the bench, probably awkwardly priced, probably not going to, you know, get the get the minutes. I mean, storm a lot of times you find, uh, you know, besides the Cam Smiths and the Munsters tend not to, well, now Pappenhausen tend not to be that fantasy relevant. Yeah, that's true. So there's a lot of interest um, because of the intru- injuries to Finnecane and um, and Harry Grant. And and I heard um, Beliak talking about that, and he said Harry Grant's still three weeks away, and Finnecane's more. Yeah. So there's still a while till they come back. Actually, that's probably longer than potentially we thought they were going to be. Yeah. Um, but even still, like both all so so Christian Welch was a popular pick, Brandon Smith was a popular pick, and we even talked a bit about about Naz last week. And um, none of them did particularly well. Um, Smith yeah. got subbed for Smoothie. Um, so he played about 70 minutes. So he didn't get the full 80, but 
but didn't score that well. And and Welch and, and Naz were a bit average as well. I, I wouldn't be panicking if I had any of those guys, but you certainly wouldn't be kind of buying them based on what we saw last week. I agree completely. I've got Welch. Um, you know, can't complain 50-something, but, you know, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be going for him. You know, I'd probably cursing myself knowing that Paulo's only a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I had Welch for a long time, but ended up going with, um, what's his name? Oh, Pesumalai. Yeah. Yeah. The only guy that kind of strikes my interest a little bit in the storm, and, you know, this could be relevant if you've got Lodge, is is Kamikamika. He actually mm. got like 45 minutes last week. He only scored in the 40s, but um, if he gets the minutes, he could be very good. Well, he was quite good. I think he was a popular cheapie last year, and then I missed him. Uh, but he scored quite well. I think he got an injury. Uh, towards yeah, I think he was actually but... like he was really good a couple of years ago, and then last year he basically had injuries all year. Yeah, he. Uh, but you know, he kind of came out. But you know, again, he's just that classic storm forward. Like you know, coach. Well, you know, ten hit ups, twenty tackles. Yeah, he's a massive unit too. Yeah. <laughs> but he he will struggle because he doesn't have Smith putting him over for tries. Well, you maybe know, when Grant comes back. Yeah, he might take on that Tino role, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So they, they do the you know the, the dummy half scoot inside ball, just crash over. So he'd be probably a prime candidate yeah. for that. And they get they get Naz to do the first one, and he like attracts like six defenders and has a you know really fast play the ball, and then the next guy just goes straight over. And that was yeah. Tino last year. So yeah, yeah, that could be that guy. I think one to watch. I agree. Yeah. All right. Next game is the the Warriors Knights game. Um, Ewan Aiken is out for a long extended period, so Adam Pompey gets the spot there. Uh, otherwise, the team is more or less unchanged. Bailey Sirenen holds down that kind of starting 12 jumper and, and scored really well last week with a try. Um, and he's like quite well-priced at sort of 340k or something. Mm. Um, and had pretty good base too. So he played like 50 minutes but scored like 40-odd in base. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. I think he spent some time in the middle. Yeah. So he's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think, you know, the Warriors, you know, you think about it, since since the rule changes came in, um, it really brought people like Nicarima into the, you know, into the contests. And they've been they've been pretty good, the Warriors. I think the, my issue with them, when I was trying to pick, I went for Noah Blake just because of his, you know, explosive potential, the offloads, et cetera, you know, big, big money signing. I think the issue with them is his list all it seems to be four forwards on the bench, uh, minutes to be shared, maybe question marks on you know some of the positions. Um, I, was, I was disappointed Jazz was on the bench, um, given what he's been able to do in the past. Um, so, but they want you know they might they might be a chance on the weekend. Cody Harima looked great. Like he's yeah. you know I don't want to call it too early. Like it's just <laughs> one game and he has to put it together for a bit of a stretch. But he looked very sharp. So he's one to watch. I agree that AFB, Adam Fenua Blake, looked fantastic last week. The thing that scared me off, you know, buying him was the fact that they've got this four forward bench. Yeah. And it's still there and they all seem to have a, like a fairly big role. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what his minutes were like. But he did play like, even with that four forward bench, he did play for like 60 minutes and looks to be the, you know, the alpha of that team. Yeah. And just looked in great form generally. So yeah, it's a bit of a tricky game that, I mean, both sides didn't really seem to get going last week in that Warriors Titans one, so um, yeah, probably hard to to get a gauge of how they're tracking. But yeah, I think they're definitely you know they're fortunate. This doesn't seem to have too many cheapies either, so a tricky tricky one to gauge. Like I went for Satoa, um, and just you know hopefully get he can jag a couple of tries. But yeah, 
it's just um tricky one the Warriors. Yeah. Um. All right. So the the Knights team's a bit interesting because they've named Kurt Mann at six, and I thought he yeah. was out for like a month. Yeah. Um, with an injury. Um, they've also named Bradman Best and Connor Watson, who are all under like a bit of an injury cloud. Mm. They've got Phoenix Crossland at 18, which is interesting. So I've no idea what side's going to run out on the weekend. I'm just hoping that Connor Watson actually plays because otherwise I'm going to be in a bit of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> at least it's early in the week, so you can kind of you can move some things around. Um, Mitch Barnett. Like, he had a great game last week, and he's got a goal kicking. He could be one of those guys that you could, like, sub in for, a, you know, a Tamalolo or some other gun that's not really performing. Yeah, that's um, right. Just to make a quick sort of 100K or so. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, I mean, he, geez, his goal kicking is ugly, but it's effective. Uh, <laughs> he he hit that in the whole nice. Like, you know, I, I don't know how long Fitzgibbon's out for, um, but, you know, he looked he looked good. Um, and, you know... Fitzgibbon's you know, in, out for a while. Yeah, and, and even even then, I reckon Barnett's got that spot. So yeah. he's got a bit of mongrel. I think he's you know he's he's one of the co- you know the coach likes him. I agree with you, Connor Watson. I've got him in the I've got him at five eight. Um, but you know it is early, so maybe I've got Moylan as my other five eight. Maybe we can switch that in. There's a bit of flexibility there. Um, but yeah, you're right. Look, injury clouds, which is a bit of a shame. Bradman Best looked good. Um, but yeah, Kurtman looked real. He looked severely injured. I mean, there were actually quite a lot number of injuries over the weekend that looked quite bad um, that, you know, players have been named. So you just don't know what the coaches are doing sometimes. Yeah, 100%. I was, like, quite surprised. Like, we'll, we'll get to it later. But Cody yeah. Ramsey was named as well. I thought he was, like, quite badly injured. So, um, anyway. Um, all right. Just, yes. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say quickly also, yeah, side feedy. I mean, two tries. I mean, it was, his, it was a milestone game for him, I think. So, you know, that might be, again, one way. I don't know how much money... He, you would get off that, um, given that the round one scores roll out quickly. But that can sometimes be a bit of a trap where you, you, you know, you trade someone else for him, like for like scoring forward, and maybe not making as much money as you think. Yeah, and that's a really good point. That you, like, this is the week to be most mindful of the fact that the round one score only stays in your in the rolling average for one week, so you don't get as much value out of it as you would uh, like a round two or round three big score. Um, so like, you know, you guys like Bailey Sirenen and Ryan James and those guys who scored a try, yeah, they'll get that little first round price bump, but if they go back to scoring like 30s and 40s after that, they're not actually going to make a huge amount of cash. So it's just worth 100% keeping that in mind. Um, so yeah, like <laughs> Daniel Safiti is an absolute gun, to be honest. Like, mm. yeah, he scored two tries and he's not going to do, certainly not going to do that every week, but he has got a bit of a habit of falling over the line. And he's yeah. still pretty young and just, like, getting better every year. Like, maybe there's a chance that he goes to, like, absolute gun status this year. Yeah, good point. Uh, you know, he started really strong last year. Then I think he picked up a knee injury. Um, yeah. Kind of derailed his season a little bit. Um, but, you know, he's he's kind of taken over from Clemmer as the, you know, the, the, the gun prop in that team. And I think having someone like Frizzell, who's never really relevant for fantasy, but obviously he's a gun player, takes a bit of pressure off the rest of the pack. Um, lifts them as a unit. So, you know, you're right. I think, you know, if he's getting those attacking stats, uh, you know, he's definitely, you know, maybe one that, that flies under the radar. Like I said, I had him before kickoff and was, you know, shooting myself in the foot. But, um, but that's just the way it goes. Jeez, that, that would have hurt. <laughs> like, yeah, that would have been... Jeez. 
that, that it does go to show he burnt, he burnt me last year. Some, scored a double. Yeah, that's, I mean, of course. And like you know, like I said, I think sometimes you got to let go of you know past um, you know past pains when you sometimes say never again. I brought him in last year. I think he got injured straight away, and it was kind of I think I was still licking my wounds from that. So yeah, sometimes you gotta, that's like you know, I agree. You got to try and think objectively about this shit. Not let your your past pain come back to to, yeah, to, right. to influence your decisions. Um, <laughs> so Titans. Broncos. I mean, the big news for the Titans is that uh, Brian Kelly's injured, which sucks because I've got him in my team, mm. and I was pumped for this game because he was going to be playing on the Tessie New and mm. uh, Jordan Ricky side, and I'm pretty sure, pretty sure they, <laughs> yep. I'm pretty sure they play together. And um, those guys missed like, like Ricky missed like seven tackles, and and Tessie missed a bunch of tackles as well. Yeah. I, I feel like. Kelly would have absolutely carved him up. But anyway, he's gone. There's nothing I can do about it. So, um, Philip Sammy comes in for him. No cheapy, unfortunately, there. Yeah. Uh, Fogarty was a very popular pick because he's picked up the goal kicking. Yep. Sort of scored that solidly last week without, you know, 40 odd without doing anything amazing. Um, I think that'll be sort of parish for the course for him. Like, he'll, he'll get some better scores than that. But I do expect a lot of those kind of 40 each scores from him. Yeah. Tino and David Fafita were both solid. Fafita was probably you know, actually, given that he didn't score a try and he didn't play 80 minutes because he was like a bit injured or whatever, and he still scored 60, that's probably pretty good news if you're a Fafita uh, owner. Yeah, so I captained him. Um, I, I, I mean, have to know he's in hospital all week. Yeah, I know. I mean, jeez. <laughs> but, you know, I just I just thought, you know, he's he's young. He's He can find the line. I had, you know, I've got him and Tino and Brimson, so I actually went quite heavy on the Titans. And you know, this week will probably be a good indicator of where they're at. Um, you know, Brisbane, to be honest, played really well last week. I thought uh, a lot of energy. They'll kind of have that new coach bounce, um, but a heap of injuries already. So this will be a big test for them. I couldn't agree with you more. Like I still wonder with that Broncos team, you know, how they're going to go as the year progresses. Like I think maybe. They were playing with that new coach bounce and, you know, will that fade? I, I sort of expect the Titans to bounce back and maybe get in the flogging, but the weather might kind of make it a bit more even than it would have. Um, it might take a little while to click the Titans, but I, I expect some some better things uh, in the next couple of weeks. So the Broncos team, obviously very popular um, Lodge is injured and he's, he's they're saying it's only like a couple of week uh, hamstring injury. But the problem with that is that probably by the time he comes back, Payne Haas is back in the team, and then you know, does he get benched? Most likely, yes. So I think that makes him a sell. Yeah, agreed. And he's he's had a bit of a history with injuries too, particularly the hamstrings. So it's either that or suspensions for the poor guy, I guess. Um, so I don't, I, agree that, I don't feel that sorry for well, the poor guy, to be honest. But yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, you know, I just don't want to say anything in case he listens to this and uh, hunts me down. <laughs> but. Um, but you know, Tevita Pangai Junior's one. I I don't I don't know what his final score was, but I think he saw he threw seven offloads. Yeah, in like forty minutes. Yeah, so he's you know he's had... he scored he scored really well, but like I'd like to see him getting a few more minutes if I was a, <laughs> if I was a prospective owner. But yeah, well, that was, and that was forty minutes with you know one on the bench, right? So that's kind of telling. I think he I think I, I messaging some mates. You know, I think he I think his first stint was fifteen minutes. So uh, that's. That's a concern. But, you know, he's always got the attacking stats. He's got a bit of pedigree, um, maybe just one to, to look at if you're looking for a pod. Otherwise, I thought Brisbane were, were 
not too bad. You know, Milford looked a bit better, and he's cheap. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not jumping on him, but they threw the ball around a bit, uh, which is probably a bit of uh, Kevy Walters, um, you know, flair. Yeah. But, you know, they're a bit more expansive. He was kicking to the wings. Xavier Coates, you know, could find the line. I don't know how he's named. He looked, I mean, that, his, that neck injury looked pretty... Yeah, it looked bad, didn't uh, it? He landed on his face. But, you know, their back line doesn't inspire much much confidence, I think. so. Milford did look sharp, I have to say. Like, mm. we'll see if he keeps it up. He did look a bit sort of quicker and a bit fitter and less fat than he has in the past, which is important. And he did kick well, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I thought you guys, you guys shouted it last week, you know, he was, that he was going to be roaming and he kind of did play, float around a bit. Um, I think, unfortunately, he just made some, I mean, they were gassed at the end of the game, but he just made a couple of, you know, bad, uh, bad kicking options. That they needed a bit more from. I mean, he would have looked. It was like he's in a Tigers jersey, to be honest. But that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, we'll just say. I mean, Ricky, I've got him as a cheapie. I think he was fine. I've got Carrigan as well. He's just kind of that no nonsense. Uh, plays big minutes. Just kind of adds. You know, choose the points out. Um, it's just kind of that safe option that you need sometimes. Um, but maybe. Yeah, you know, he, I mean, he goes back to thirteen. He'll. Yeah, I think he'll yeah. play big minutes. The next couple of weeks, so that's he's good in the short term at least. Um, so, what do you reckon about David Mead? Oh, Mead. Oh, so you know, it's funny. Um, he played pretty well, to be honest. I, I, you know, I think I've owned him previously and uh, have paid the price. Uh, but you know, he looked, he looked good. Found the line. I think he defensively looked good. Um, was in everything. But I did see, and I was just about to say, then Corey Oates is on the reserves. So I don't know where he ends up um, and whether that makes Meade's position, you know, questionable going forward. I don't, whether... I don't think he'll take Meade's position. I think he might be there just in case David Coates can't play. Yeah, okay. Um, but, yeah, look, I David Meade for what, for me, and he's like one of the most traded in players this week. I had a look just before we went on. He's like just looking in for another week. He did get something like 30-odd, points just in runs. So he was everywhere. He did get the ball a lot. But his super coach history is awful. Like he's got a sequence like back in, you know, when he was playing for the Titans a few years ago, he averaged thirty in like three or four out of the seasons that he played. So he's like a prime candidate that could score fifteen this week and if you trade him in you don't want that. So just look at him for another week. See see how involved he is. If he scores another meat pie, you know, he'll he'll obviously make some quick some quick cash, then I could, I could understand it next week. But this week, do not trade him in this week. For, for I, God's I sake. agree. And I think what we're saying before, you know, someone like a Charlie Staines, if you got him <laughs> and, you know, you, you're trading out a, a winger in a top four side for, you know, a winger in, in the possibly, you know, close to the bottom just because of one week score. So that's definitely something to be mindful of. Um, Absolutely. It, yeah. So and Staines think, has got a good draw and Brisbane actually have a, a pretty tough draw after this week. And also, you know, they, like, I keep harping on about it, but, you know, with Brisbane having basically no one on the bench, he had to take more hit-ups. And, they, you know, they were so gassed by the end of the game, he was getting a dummy half and probably, you know, chewing chewing up those, um, you know, 1.2 points. So sometimes, you know, the, the super coach scores can flatter, uh, flatter some players. Absolutely. All right. Um, moving on. Dogs, Panthers. Uh, so not a huge amount to report on the dog side. Interesting, well... Probably the biggest thing is Fatola Mariner has, has gone back to the starting uh, side for Corey Waddell. And um, Ogden has has retained his spot in the starting front row. So he mm-hmm. actually got pretty good minutes but didn't score particularly well. Yeah. Um, 
So he's one to have a look at because he's only in that 240k kind of range. Yeah, not not quite sure about him yet. And Fatella Mariner, in a few weeks' time, could be a good buy if he has a couple of price drops as he's coming back in. Yeah, he's got he's got you know he's got form as well. He's been. I mean, last year he was awesome. Um, what what did you make of Kyle Flanagan at the Dogs? So I, that was one of the games I didn't really watch. He obviously scored well. Like he yeah. was pretty high on my don't touch list. Like <laughs> going from one of the best attacking sides to one of the worst attacking sides. Like I feel like you're going to lose about half the points he got in goal straight up. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the tries he scored were just like running up the middle. But having said that, he probably is taking more of an ownership role of his team. He's in your side, is he? No, I had, I, I, I didn't have him. I, I, you know, he was one of the late trade outs for me. And I, I think what swayed me there was, you know, I had him last year, just thinking, you know, goal kicker at the Roosters. Um, but he, most of his points came from just goals. He actually, you know, when you had all the attacking weapons around him, um, he'd kind of, even if he scored a try backing up, he may end all the goals. He might have only ended up with 60 or 70. Um, so I just, you know, kind of felt maybe a worse attacking team. But, you know, he was pretty impressive. Again, for super coach, he set up three tries. So maybe one to watch. But again, there's just a lot of competition at that price range at halfback. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's just a spot that, like, the goal kicking helps him. But, you know, there's going to be some games where they score, like, probably no points. And he's going to put up thirty. So, yeah, I think yeah. halfback's the position where you know the quality drops off quite quickly, and sometimes that's where you can lose a lot of points. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, but otherwise the dogs. I mean, Kotrich, I don't know. I mean, Will Hopawati. You know, again, I think they're just all a bit, a bit awkwardly priced. I had Jack Heverington. I know you spoke against him last week. He didn't inspire much uh, confidence. Oh, he was awful. Just as I said, he was going to be awful. He was awful. <laughs> I saw. I, I, I have to like someone on Twitter had him in in their team, and I like I just went on a rant because I hate I hate him so much as a super coach player. <laughs> and um, and I said, why don't you just get Spencer Linu? He'll like he'll probably outscore him, and he's like eighty k cheaper. And the guy like went off at me <laughs> about how that was impossible because Linu was on the bench. Anyway. I didn't learn from, you know, Napa a couple of years ago when he came in, you know, starting his cheap and yeah. just, you know, dogs, dog, you know, the dog forward packs, you know, they spread it around. So, you know, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that was a bit of an error, to be honest, if you've got Heatherington and you, you need to probably get rid of him. So onto the Panthers, they haven't made any changes that I can see. Same team. The interesting one here, so as I said before, I've got, I've got Kelly. You've got Capo on your team, do you? Yeah, I've got him in, in the second row at the moment. So, um, yeah, I think Avarillo is probably one for me that might might bring Capewell down and try and do something with that. But, um, I mean, the Panthers look good. So so just on Capewell, it seems like everyone's kind of on him or getting him in. Yep. I'm just – I'm actually not 100% convinced. He got he got 65 minutes last week mm-hmm. um, or, or maybe 67 or something. So it doesn't look like he's going to get 80. Um, and he actually he had base of about thirty six, yeah. So it's okay, I guess. It, it, it's basically going to come down to how good you think the Panthers are and how much, how many tries he's going to score. Hmm. And he did actually look pretty dangerous. He obviously scored that try last week against, but you know that's a pretty terrible Cowboys side that they played. <laughs> if he can get over the line a lot, you know he will average probably somewhere in the fifties, fifty five, maybe. But if he doesn't, he could put in a lot of like 
you know, 40 point, 35 point, 40 point scores if he's only playing 65 minutes. I'm just, I'm a little bit on the fence. He's, a, he's obviously a safe option. Like, even 36 in base is pretty good for a back. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. I think, you know, having him in the centres is probably where he needs to be. He will get the attacking options. They'll, you know, they they seem to like hitting their back rowers. Uh, you know, all three of them can find the line. Uh, he's he's priced, you know, not too bad as well. I think. Um, yeah, four twenty k. There's actually like there's it's a bit of a wasteland in the centers this year, as we say. Like, like anything under his price. There's, there's Blake Ferguson, who obviously scored well on the weekend, who's around three fifty, so about seventy k cheaper. Yeah, that I've got my eye on. But yep. apart from Fergo, maybe Rapana, but yeah. like there's there's very little in that price range. I feel maybe, like. Um, Isaaco? Yeah. I think the centres may be the positions where people burn a lot of trades um, because I think the scores will, you know, may shift week to week. Um, so I think that's something to be mindful of. And you're right, like, you know, that's why I think a lot of people went for the 200 or 300,000 players because no one really stood out. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough, I suppose. Anyway, so I think I probably will end up getting him in, but. I don't, I, I don't think it's a kind of, you know, an, like a super obvious choice, actually. I think I think he's going to be okay without being great. Mm. But, yeah, it'll come down to how many tries he can score. Next, we've got the Seagulls and the Bunnies. So the big news for, for both these teams is that Andrew Davies been been picked to start ahead of Jack Ajewski. Yeah. And in the same spot, KK, Keon Kormatungi, has been picked to start. And... um. Jacob Host has actually gone from the team altogether, so it's going to be. I'm, I'm going to be watching their minutes very carefully to see to what extent they share the minutes with, with in Davies' case, Gajewski, and, and and in KK's case, um, I think it'll be probably Arrow that, that takes some of his minutes off him, yeah. or, or when Arrow comes on, perhaps Murray goes to to the edge. But both those guys just look like good players. You know, Davy in his 34 minutes last week had. Something like five tackle busts and two offloads. Yeah, he looks like a bit of a beast. He's just like a massive dude. Well, I think you know someone has made his debut a bit older. He's just hungry for the opportunity and just you know yeah. goes hell for leather. So you know, that's generally perfect for super coach. Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to be looking at him very carefully. For both those guys, you've probably you might actually have two weeks in a way because they both scored like thirty odd in week one. Yeah. Even if they score sort of fifty sixty next week. Um, and, and say 50, 60 the week after, they're not going to go up a lot in that first price range. So you've got probably two weeks to have a look at them. Mm. I mean, it's different if they score a try and they score 100. But um, yeah, if they only score sort of 50, 60, you've got a couple of weeks just to see what the minutes look like and, and what's going on there. Um, but both of them could be pretty good options depending on whether or not they can get the minutes. Yeah, I mean, they need a big week this week because they were they were pretty ordinary. That, that, left, that left edge of Manly got exposed horrifically. I mean, I think Brett Morris got what a hattie. Um, Tedesco carved him up on that on that side. So and they did haven't made changes. So um, I've got Campbell Graham. I'm hoping that he gets some ball out there. Um, but you know, they'll need a big bounce back this week because they were they were they were pretty ordinary. Yeah. On the rabbit side, I mean gee that Latrell and, and Cody Walker and, and Alex Johnson look sharp. Yeah, that left edge looked really dangerous. And I thought, I, th- I thought Benji was good too. He kind of straightened them out and added something a bit different um, and gave them a bit of balance. You know, they, you know, 
given the fact they gave up 22-point lead, they got right into the contest. Um, but, yeah, that left edge was unbelievable. And I think Latrell looked good. He looks hungry. Oh, um, man, he looks really good. It'll be, be, it'll be interesting to see how he backs it up this week against like a – like he's the kind of player that sometimes against the weaker opposition sort of doesn't really turn up. Yeah. Well, agreed. I think um, this will be an interesting one as well because, you know, there should be some points out there. I mean, Cody Walker, you know, looked great as well. I would have loved to have fit him in. I just couldn't I just couldn't make it work um, with the way the halfbacks were. So I ended up with Adam Reynolds. So he's someone underperformed for me. But again, following on from what we've been talking about, I'll just, you know, it's pointless trading him out this week when he's got a matchup like this. And, you know, if he gets if he gets a score, then, then you know, we're laughing. So Cody Walker's my number one trade-in come sort of round four, round five. Yeah. And the reason, the main reason why I'm trading, trading uh, Jaden Braley in is not only because, like, I think he's at, like, 350K, he's a good option to kind of bash out sort of 50-plus points every week and, you know, strengthen my 17. But because of that big early score, he's going to have a big first price rise. Yeah. And then through Connor Watson, I, I'm hoping to trade him, you know, I'll have to make another trade to make the kind of 200K odd I need, but I'll trade him up very quickly to Cody Walker is my is my plan once the, the draw for the Bunnies really gets better from round sort of four or five onwards. Yeah, and I think you know South have, I think South have the Roosters next week. So you know, some, yeah. of, the, some of the scores might go. You know, if that's a tight affair. I mean, look, last year they pumped them sixty to eight, but um, you just you just don't know. You know, if it's or even this week if it's wet at Lotto Land, you know, maybe. Yeah, it's... well, I'm kind of hoping that 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 changes <laughs> yeah. the scores for the Bunnies a bit because they're scary not to have those two. Yeah, you get you can get lucky. So I mean, Thomas Burgess is named. That's interesting given the way he left the field. So I don't know whether there might be some late shifts um, with some of their bench and reserves. But otherwise, I think, you know, Souser, I think, are a good fantasy asset to have. Um, you just got to try and, pick, you know, get lucky with the right ones. Yeah, yeah. So how many tries do you reckon is the highest like number of tries scored in a season ever? For the whole comp? Ever, yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, human. I looked it up the other day, just yeah, because I was interested. What's the number? So a few guys have scored um twenty eight. It's been a few guys that have scored twenty eight in a season, which is a lot. Like I think I think Alex Johnson was the the highest try scorer last year with about twenty three. Hmm. Um, but he could dead set score forty this year. Like on yeah. the end of that, if he stays fit, on the end of that that back line on the left wing, like I can see him scoring, like averaging about one and a half tries a game. Yeah, I mean the way that they just shifted that way, um, the way yeah. they moved the ball, you know, even like I said when Benji was coming on, that was incredibly slick. They seem to favour that way. Uh, you know, he's a noted try scorer. I think he could have scored more than what he did last week as well. That's you know, yeah, and that's him. against a pretty good team, right? Like, so you know, he's and he's in form, so he's he's confident. Uh, and you know, you know, that's a. I wonder what that's paying. Um, you know, maybe that's a. Something. I just looked it up. He's paying seven bucks. He's yeah. the favorite. He's the favorite. Yeah. Um, but still, even seven bucks, I think, could be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like, look, if you're looking, if you've got Brian Kelly in your team. And you're looking for a trade out. Alex Johnston could be a very good pod. I mean, his mm. problem is that when he doesn't score tries, he doesn't score much. He's got basically no, no base. But um, yeah, just banking on him to score a bucket load of tries 
Yeah, that's a good point. So when you when you consider your overall strategy, do you like getting those you know boom bust style plays and then trying to play them based on the fixtures? Yeah, absolutely. So I probably wouldn't buy him this week. Yeah. Just because, well, actually because of the weather and because they've got the Roosters the following week, and I think that'll be a bit of a tighter affair. But their draw gets pretty good from round four onwards, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, he would scare me having him because, yeah, like, it's not fun when you've got a 500k player and they score 20. <laughs> but, um, and I, you know, it, it can be worth it. Like, Brett yeah. Morris is the same, right? Like, like yeah. he's not exactly a high base player, but you just pick him because he scores bucket loads of tries. And look what he yeah. did last year. He just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. I got him in early last year and it was kind of a bit of a dart throw just because I was doing so badly. And he he basically stayed until the end and he was awesome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Moving on. What are we up to? Cowboys and, and Dragons. Boy, the Cowboys were awful. Um, so they've basically picked the same team, it looks like. Um, as we said, if you've got Jason Tamalolo in your team, look, they had no ball because they just kept dropping it. And... You know, you'd think like he was he will score better lower than he did last week. But look, I wouldn't pick him in the first place, and I, I'd probably suggest getting rid of him now if you had him. Just do something better with that money. Yeah, it's not good when the new coach is. You know, maybe it's a strategy trying to fire him up. But you know, I don't think you know I don't think the Cowboys create too much unless he's on the field and he's rolling through the middle. Um, so, you know, if he's playing less minutes, it makes him less attractive. Uh, and, you know, there are a lot of options. So, and, he, and, he's, and he's expensive. So, I agree. I think that might be one where you actually just uh, move on him early. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think maybe. I mean, who knows? He could, you know, even in 55 minutes, he could come back next week and score 70. But, yeah, I just think he can probably use that money in better ways. I think he's probably, probably going to average closer to 60. And if he's playing that, those kind of minutes. So to the Dragons team, um, we said, like, I thought Cody Ramsey was injured, but he's been named. Yeah. Um, so we'll interesting to see what happens there. A few people might actually have him in their team. The probably the probably most interesting one here is Tyrell Fuma Ono, who's she's got that 13 jersey again. He actually, so he was playing in the middle and he scored pretty badly in the middle. And then Kerr got, HIA'd and he came on on the edge and he scored a bunch of points on the edge like he had a few tackle busts and offloads and things like that um, but I don't think he would have come back into the game unless yeah. Kerr had gotten that HIA so he's another one that I'd be just watching what his minutes look like this week and how he scores because I think that 56 might have been a bit inflated Yeah, I think he's the type of player I reckon that that has been you know, he's done that the last couple of years he's always kind of been that awkwardly priced that kind of gets you excited um, because he starts and he just doesn't seem to convert those starts into into points. Um, so, you know, that's it. Maybe situation in the game, he got some inflated points. You know, maybe that's a wait and see. Um, and also, I just looking at the bench, I'm just not sure whether what his job security might be like as well. You know, if he, he could be a prime candidate to end up on the bench and then, again, you've burned trade. So I think if you've got him, you hold. If you're you know, looking for that trade, maybe just uh, maybe just wait and see. I still think it's a matter of time before Josh Kerr goes back to the, the prop rotation as well. Yeah. And then who knows what happens with Fuimono. But anyway, yeah, so I totally agree. Don't, I wouldn't buy be buying him this week. 
We said that about a lot of guys, though, so you're going to have to buy someone this week. Um, <laughs> that's the thing. It's, it's just hard to know, isn't it? Um, so moving on to the Tigers-Roosters game. Oh, boy, the Tigers. Yeah. I, was at, I was at the game on the weekend, and it wasn't fun. Mm. Uh, you know, why can't we play a reserve-grade manly team in a trial every week? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'll have to be careful what I say here. I won't get asked back. Um, but... <laughs> Look, I think, you know, there were some promising signs for the Tigers in the first half. Um, you know, they shot themselves in the foot again and again, really basic errors. I think Dewey will add something this week. Um, but, you know, from a from a super coach perspective, uh, the attack did not inspire a lot of confidence. Like, you know, Nofaluma got over the line, but I just felt like his hit-ups were down. He just didn't seem to be getting that as involved as last year. Dropped a lot of ball. Um lot of defense. I think, you know, Laurie, I imagine most people would have him. I think he's he's locked up the number one. Um, but yeah, I, you know, the Roosters this week, I'm, I mean, I am nervous. They, they, I mean, I think the one benefit is I don't think Tedesco scored against the Tigers, so maybe, you know, the uh, oh, yeah. probably be his time to do it anyway, but maybe that's... Maybe the rain helps, helps the Tigers <laughs> a bit. Um, but yeah. Look, yeah. yeah. So being at the game, I have to say the Raiders just monstered them a bit. And it's hard to know if the Raiders were just very good. And, like, I felt like maybe it was a bit of a skinny 10 and, like, the Tigers just felt like they had no room all day. Yeah. Um, so maybe that was just, just that the way that game panned out. I have to say, despite the fact that Little scored really well in Supercoach, like, he was a bit directionless in, in like, yeah. 40 terms. And I'm a bit worried about his job security. Like, if they get... They play badly for the next couple of weeks. I reckon he could be replaced by Simkin pretty quickly. Yeah, and from all reports, even though the reserve grade got, I think they got a bit of a towel up. Um, I think he played quite well. Um, so you know, there's massive wraps on him. Uh, but I agree. You know, his service out of dummy half was pretty poor and slow. I mean, it probably didn't help. Like you know, Brooks was overrunning him, but maybe it was because of you know the way Little was was servicing him. So I think get the cash while you can and look elsewhere. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you know, I've got, I've got Luciano. I thought he was good. You know, he's he's a standout in that side. You know, maybe he's a bit awkwardly priced, but I do like to have the odd tiger in there. Um, and you know, he well, he did he did basically nothing in the sense that like like no attacking stats, no offloads, and still like banged out like sixty odd. Yeah, and he can find the line. So I think you know, if, yeah. if they do click, you know, I'd be interested to see how Dewey does go. Um, when when the Tigers draw opens up a bit, I think from the first four games are pretty awful, and then. Yeah. Get, from the fifth game onwards, it opens up a bit, opens up a bit. But I think Luciano could be a really good option around there. And James Roberts looked pretty good, to be honest. Like he, he was getting his hands on the ball a little bit. Just they just didn't get much service out to him. Yeah. Um, the concern this week, I think, is the bench. It's a bit odd. You got Mbai and Talau. Um, so I'd be interested to see what their rotation is, or whether it's a bit of a smokescreen for someone to come in. But you think that, yeah. I mean, I don't Talau know. playing in the forwards. Um, yeah, maybe Talau plays. Yeah. He's a big boy. He looked okay when he came on, actually. We didn't play many minutes. I thought Stefano was good, but, you know, minutes will be an issue. Zane Musgrove will be back next week, so... Um, yeah, it'll be I interesting to see what happens there. I so, Joe, he'll go Joe O scored very well, but I'd, again, just be a little bit careful there because I'm pretty sure there were two HIAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think both Tamau and... Who was the other one? Stefano, actually, both got yeah. HIA'd at some point. So, he might have got more minutes than... He's, he might get going forward, so just be a little bit tentative on him as well. Um, uh, to the Roosters, 
I mean, they were very good. <laughs> yes. That's all you can say. But the, the really interesting things were Lindsay Collins played about 60 minutes. Yep. And 410K, that makes him very interesting. And the Roosters have huge wraps on him and apparently has just an incredible motor and like could play 80 minutes if he wanted to. So, you know, we, we talked about um, TKO getting taken off probably like he didn't come back on for a long time. And I think that was mostly just because they were already, you know, they'd already won the game. So yeah. I'll be interested to see how the minutes play out for Collins this week. But he's certainly an interesting option around 410k. And Satili Tupanua, I've actually got him in my team and very happy with how he went. He was a bit yeah. unlucky, actually. He could have gone over for two more tries. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the Roosters are a funny one this week, obviously. You know, the back line does speak for itself. But be interesting to see what happens with they've lost Friend and Kieran. So yeah. Freddie Lussick comes in. Um, so I'm interested to see how that might impact the way that they shift the ball. The other thing to your point around the forwards is if you think about the last couple of years in particular, like the Roosters forwards all kind of find the line and they all, and you know, if, if you get one that's underpriced, like Nat Butcher last year, I think it was last year the year before, he he was actually flying for a while when he got some minutes. Um, and Tupanu was the same. So sometimes you, you look away from, from Roosters forwards, but you know, maybe that's somewhere where you can make some, make some coin if they go on a bit of a run. Yeah. Oh, I think Tupanua is a great option. Like he, he does have pretty bad base. So you, you do need to prepare that if he doesn't score a try, he's going to give you like 35 or 40, kind of similar to like a Capewell. Mm. But I see him almost like a back in that team in the sense that I just think he's going to score so many tries off Kiri. You know, as I said, he almost scored three on the weekend. Yeah. Like, you know, they're not going to play Manly every week, but, you know, they're playing the – he's up against the Leilua brothers this week. Yeah. Not exactly a defensive powerhouse. That's right. And it'd be interesting to see what, what, what minutes they get off the bench. So the, the forwards might play play big minutes again. With, even with some injuries, they, obviously they're, they're looking pretty good. Look, I, I don't expect much from, from the Tigers. I just hope we just, um, you know, survive, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Even with the injuries, I think that's going to be a flogging. I, I actually don't think they lose all that much from those particular injuries. Angus Crichton is also suspended for a week. Some people have been talking about whether or not sell him, um, given there's a lot of money tied up in him. Look, I thought about it for a little while, but I, you know, I think you've got to hold him. I can sort of see the argument for selling him to someone like a Mitch Barnett for a couple of weeks and then um, using that extra 150k to strengthen other positions. But in the end, of, at the end of the day, you're burning two trades, and it is going to be like pretty hard to get him back in. So if you were going to do something like that, you'd have to have, to have a plan for how you're going to get him back in. Um, and ultimately, I think it's you know it's going to be a bit of a waste to trade. All right, um, on to the the Sharks Raiders. Um, so so a few things here for the Sharks. Like Matty Moylan actually looked pretty good. Like I thought he was awful last year, and watching that game, okay, it was against the Dragons. The Dragons are terrible, but. He did look pretty sharp. Now, it's it's unknown how long his his hammy's going to last, so I don't necessarily think I'm, you know, suggesting anyone go out and buy him. But he looked better than I, a lot better than I thought he would, and they actually looked quite slick. Like I thought they would really struggle in attack without Sean Johnson, but they actually looked pretty pretty good. Um, I reckon Bubba Kennedy, who's the, I think he's the son of one of my favourite former Tigers, Bubba <laughs> Kennedy. Um, 
he's like he's like one of the most underrated players in the game. I reckon he's actually like turning into a pretty good fullback. Yeah, he was good for them last year. Um, he played a blinder on the on the wing end, and it's not a surprise that he's held on to it. Given you know there there was a stage there where he, where the Sharks had you know three or four really good number ones, and they're all playing in other positions now. Um, mm. So he's definitely one that's is playing well. Uh, they they're an interesting side, the Sharks. I don't really know what to make of them just at the moment. Um, big bodies, love the contest. Uh, but yeah, I they were I, shocking defensively last year. Like yeah. surprisingly shocking for a team that, like historically, when they had Paul Gallon and the likes of it, they were known as this like really gritty kind of defensive team. Mm. They 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 won a lot of games just on the back of Sean Johnson like putting on a bunch of tries, but yeah. defensively they were awful. So it'd be interesting to see how they go against a better team this week against the Raiders, whether they give up a lot of points. Yeah, I think this would be a good game. Uh, I think there's a bit of history with these two sides as well. Um, so we'll see. Like I think I think I agree. Like the, the Raiders' line speed was incredible last week. Um, they really, you know, got in the face of the Tigers. And you know, if Moylan gets under a bit of pressure, I'll be interested to see how he handles it because um, Townsend kind of just directs them around. Um, so yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And if the and if it's but if it's a wet game, you know, this will just be all the forwards bashing yeah. each other. Yeah. Um, no sign of. Um... Talakai just yet, so keep a yeah. watch out for him because he's going to be a very interesting buy in the centres because he's still available in the centres. Um, young Hiroti gets a start uh, for Ramian, who's like who's out for three weeks, I think, with the suspension. Yeah. So probably not enough three weeks to kind of get him in your side. Sort of one. He's obviously kind of not far away from making the team. Do you have any Sharks players in your team? I do not. Yeah. No. Um... Onto the Raiders, so probably the, the most interesting from a super coach perspective is Ryan James. He, he scored that try last week. Uh, he, he actually was the first one off the bench and played a good 40 minutes. And we know he's got a good PPM. As I said, Bill, I'd be like, they're the pros, I guess. The cons are there's still Horsburgh and CHN to come back into the team. Yeah. Uh, now, now Horsburgh is theoretically up. Like he was eligible for for selection, I think this week, and and is nowhere to be seen. Whether or not you know Ricky's just kind of punishing from him for another week, I'm not sure. Um, so it, you know, there's 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 still job security issues, I suppose, with with Ryan James, and you know he's he's still coming back from near reconstruction, so you know that's a bit of a concern as well. But so look, if he can keep getting forty minutes every week and pump out forties and you know, the occasional try, he's going to make you a bit like at least 100K, probably more. Yeah, he's, he's kind of priced well. You know, it's not going to be a season-long keeper well, you know. So if you can make the money early, you know, I, I think in this this side, um, you know, the spot opened up with John Bateman leaving. I was really impressed by Hudson Young. He seemed to be in everything, took a, a truckload of hit-ups. I mean, he did score a try. Um, so I'll be interested to see if he makes that his own. But you're right. There are some players to come back, so that'll be interesting. yeah. Corey Herwinura, yeah. like coming back, is the only thing that worries me about Hudson Young. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd probably have him in my team. I think he's a really good super coach player and a really good player in, in real life too. Yeah, good forward pack. They're just um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I wonder when Croker's coming back as well. Yeah, he can't be um, can't be far off. I've got Hodgson, which I'm kind of I just. I just don't know what to do with that at the moment. Um, what are you going to do with Hodgson? Because that's really interesting. A lot of people would be in that boat. Like he, yeah. he, he did what 
said that he might do, which is, you know, score like a kind of 30 yeah. when he doesn't get an attacking stat. And that's that's going to happen. He will get some attacking stats from, from, you know, here and there. But do you just go straight to a Braley who's going to put up 50 tackles every week? It's an interesting one because I think, you know, he was just at that price point. He had the history. Uh, he played 80. So that's kind of the positives. The Raiders are a very solid side as well. But maybe with the rule changes, the game's kind of got past him from terms of, you know, is he going to be scooting out a dummy half and beating players that, you know, he, someone, like a, someone like a Braley. He very uh, rarely runs yeah. the ball these days, and, Hodgson. He kind of, and when he does scoot out, he still kind of passes it before he actually yeah. hits the defence. And when you think about, you know, the young nines going around the comp that are, you know, the Harry Grants and, you know, the Braley's of the world, even like little, the lads that run it, and scoot through. Obviously, Damian Cook's been doing it for a long time. The new rules are really helping them. Um, so that's probably a, an area that I have to address. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know. Against the, the Sharks, you know, maybe he does score well. And like you said, he played 80, so that's, that, that box is at least ticked. You know, he's yeah. going to get good minutes. What about Joe Tarpany? Well, he does. I mean, it would have been smart just doing the one week against the Tigers. He always seems to p- pump out a century against us. But in saying that, he looked... I, you know, I, I like. I, he, I was right on that try line when he scored that try, and I was pissed <laughs> off for so many reasons. Like yeah. he would have had quite an average score, and then he yes. scored that try. And I, he was sort of a guy that I was sort of thinking about a lot in the off season. But yeah, he always scores against the tight the Tigers. I like literally got up and left yeah, at that he's... moment. It was such a soft try. Yeah, some guys just kind of. I think they just stood and watched it at one point, but. He's a funny one. Like I've owned him before, and he's a bit. He, he kind of someone that gets a bit of hype about him when he has a game like this, uh, and then tends to just not deliver for a couple of weeks. So I think people just you know either ditch him out of frustration or just tolerate it. Um, so I think in that situation, it might just be a wait and see to see if he gets some consistency. Also, with the players coming back, I think you know there are a lot of options uh, at second row, so you really want to make sure you're using those 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 spots. Yeah, all right. Well, that's all games this week, and we've, we've, I think it is, kind of laboured through them because we just like talking footy so much. Hey, <laughs> just before we go, captain, vice-captain options this week, given that it's going to be very wet. For me, it might just be, you know, jumping on a forward and, and just playing conservatively. If you had Teddy, would you straight-up captain him? Yes. The tides? I th- well, you know, funny enough, he like I said, I don't think he scored against us before. I could be wrong, but you know, he's he's going to be a clear option um, against us. Maybe Pappenhausen against Para. They got Para today, um, but yeah, I'm not. That's a tough one for me. Yeah, okay. I've got Jerome Luai, so I think I might give him a little VC, and then Captain uh, Teddy. Obviously, yeah. a lot of people might VC Cleary, which. It's probably a pretty good good option. If the game was drier at, at Lotto Land, as you said, you know, if you had someone like Latrell, that'd be an in- interesting, um, you know, little zag or Cody Walker perhaps to, to Teddy, because they could put up a big score against Manly. But again, the rain would kind of could potentially be- like maybe you go to a Ford this week, but but which one? I mean, the the, the easy one for me would have been Angus Crichton. Yeah, of course. He would have been an obvious sort of captaincy option in the wet, but he's out. So do you go to like a Ryan Madison or someone like that? I don't know. 
Yeah, Madison, they play the early game. You know, but it could be safe. That's the thing. Maybe just this will be a week where last week there were some huge scores and maybe people kept in the backs and they get burnt this week. But I yeah. think for me, I'll be playing it playing it safe just given that, you know, I've got some catch in the forward. So maybe, a, yeah, a Titans, you know, maybe for feeder against his old club. Again, just, just roll with it. Yeah, maybe. You get to eight before 80 minutes this week at least. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been, it's been, been awesome. Uh, and, you know, maybe we'll get you on again in the future. Yeah, well, yeah, it was great. Um, good luck this week. Um, and, yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk soon. All right, awesome. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Cheers.